It's coronavirus hiatus week number six here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. But we've got a great show coming up for you today. DC United midfielder Julian Gressel is going to be joining us here in just over 10 minutes. But until then, we'll catch up with all of the... Well, there was a lot this week, guys. Uh, but as usual, I've got Sam Caster, Michael Black, and Joshua Morgan joining us on the call this week. How are you guys? Doing good. Living the dream. Hanging in there, I can assume. <laughs> Being optimistic, you know. Yeah, so so in, in the world of, of optimism, um, I, I, you'll have you'll have to bring us up a bit here, Sam, because the news just yesterday, uh, Major League Soccer says that the doors are going to be closed at least until June 8th on games at all, um, but it sounds like potentially all summer, if not even longer, when matches start. At this point, it's it's a foregone conclusion they're going to be behind closed doors. You know, we've talked a bit about that over the last few weeks, but I think for a while the players, in particular, um, were, were holding out hope that that wouldn't be the case. But I think that's our reality now. Yeah, it's um, it's really weird. The June eighth really doesn't surprise me. We talked a little bit last show about um, you know, it's a lot more complicated than just each individual city lifting their restrictions. It has to be the entire country has lifted their restrictions, but for us in D.C., you know, at least Virginia a long time ago said that their restrictions were going to be until the beginning of June. Um, so it's it's not really surprising. Um, and it's also just kind of really disheartening that I think you're right. I think the reality is that it's probably going to be behind closed doors and what that means, you know, for TV rights. And, you know, there was some chatter on Twitter about potentially um overseas them kind of pumping in fans cheering just to kind of get that atmosphere going and what that looks like i don't know i mean it's it's evolving every day so we'll see you know i appreciate that at least we've got kind of a better idea of what the timeline is you know june 8th seems like a long way away but you know trying to go week by week or anything shorter than that i, I think at least that june 8th deadline for you know when they're aiming to come back to it gives us a chance to at least figure out what the new normal is. I mean, nothing about this year is ever going to be completely normal, but hopefully, you know, at least as we get closer to June 8th, we'll have some hope about uh, coming back in. You know, the numbers all over the place and we're not going to talk about um, you know, coronavirus uh, stats or anything like that, but I think we're all hopeful that we get back to the new normal as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just sad and, you know, we talk about it all the time and, you know, we talk about it off there and I'm sure everyone's talking about it right now. So I think we can kind of pivot to some of the other actual DC United news we have to talk about. Um, Josh, are you going to take that? Yeah, it, uh, it's been brewing for a little bit now. Uh, you know, Chris Durkin's been over alone uh, and it's come out this past week that he's been sold or at least uh, the principal terms of the agreement have been you know agreed upon uh it looks like 1.4 million total which is a little bit less than we were hoping for him i think this united reportedly wanted about 2 million at least for him um but uh, you know it, it's hard in this environment to get a full value for a player there is i, I saw that it was reported by Goff that there's a 25 percent uh sell-on fee which i think is huge you, you always want that on young players because eventually down the line Durkin will go to another club, and if he keeps on this trajectory, he he won't be leaving on a free. Someone someone will eventually want him from that club. Or no club's going to let him walk. Like you know, we've seen some clubs do to players. I'm not going to call out. I know I'm a little upset about Costa walking on free, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think Durkin will ever leave a club for free. So it's big that we got that 25 percent in there, uh, and, and we're all a little bit sad, right? Because we love Durkin. He was a solid, you know, poten- great potential player. Uh, from the area, uh, I remember going to an away game down in Atlanta, uh, and the DC United supporters are like way up in the 300s in Atlanta. But down below us, you could see like two rows of Durkin jerseys, and they would turn back to us and like wave and, and, and all that. And that was so nice to see them. I, I like bumped into them after the game, so it was super nice to like have these homegrown players and, and you know see them and, and interact with their families and their friends and, and have them part of the club. Yeah, you know, I think it's heartbreaking. We're not going to see him at Audi Field anytime soon. You know, our little baby Durkin, our homegrown player who's doing big things, I'm definitely going to miss seeing him. But I think you're right. I think, you know, you have to look at the long term and 
the growth of the player. Um, and even just like the experience of going international and playing against all these different clubs, um, I think that's going to do a lot for him, you know, playing in different environments. Obviously, every league has kind of their own style of play. So the fact that um, Chris is getting all these different experience, or, you know, now two different experiences, um, you know, I think it's just going to be beneficial to his development, and it's going to be exciting to see what he does down the road. Yeah, you know, to me it's, it's interesting because, you know, now it gives us the opportunity to really – we, of course, we were rooting for him to succeed all along, but, like, now I'm a huge Centurion fan, right? Like, I want the team to do well. I want Durkin to do well, it, mainly because, hopefully, a couple years from now, Bayern or somebody comes in and buys them for, like, 30 or 40 million euros, and DC United's just, you know, drowned in that sweet sell-on fee. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, but we've seen this as well. Bill Hamid went to a Belgian, or uh, a Denmark team, uh, a team in Denmark, but sometimes these players go over there and it doesn't work out but they get huge amounts of experience and so Durkin's already with the team that he's been with for a while on loan he scored a goal with them on his birthday which was awesome uh, but if it doesn't work out he'll be a better player for it he'll give it that experience and then he can still come home and play for DC United you know I, I'm, I hope DC United aren't closing any doors and it seems like they did right by the players so maybe maybe we'll see Durkin in a black and red again or I'd like yeah, to and- go ahead sorry bye no, I was just gonna say, you know, I think you're exactly right. That you've got to give the player the opportunity, and you know, so many players want to scratch that European itch. The spot where MLS is as a league, you know, we're still not quite at that upper echelon. And if getting to Europe is the opportunity for them to make that jump, then you know, more power to them. You know, for me, I think my favorite Durkin um, experience was him last year during the Colorado Rapids game, where we basically rolled out a team that was. Uh, hoping for a tie, I think is a charitable way to put it. He came out and scored a goal, really energized the squad, and it was a, it was quite the uh, event there. Yeah, um, I was going to say I'm excited to also see him in the red, white, and blue. You know, he's been getting call-ups for the youth national teams, and no matter what team he's playing for, it's just so much fun to watch him play those like long balls all the way across the field that just like drop on a, his player's foot. Um and, you know, that's something you can't teach. Like, that's such natural talent to be able to play such long balls with such accuracy so consistently. Um, I'm, again, just excited to see what he does with more experience that he has and potentially one day cracking into that senior national team and, um, you know, then getting to cheer when they come and play at Audi Field and getting, you know, the whole fan base kind of cheering for him extra hard because this is where he started. Yeah, and you know, with his performance for this team, and you know, getting the opportunity to go to Europe, especially as a young player, it's great. You know, he was somewhat surplus to requirements here in DC with the, the depth we've got at that you know, center mid, uh, center defensive mid position. But I would like to see the team uh, find a way to get another young player in. Hopefully, follow that same arc because you know, right now we're starting to get a little bit long in the tooth there, and you know certainly need to make sure we keep building and don't say it's just a one and done and happy with what where we're at. Yeah, I, I think we've got a couple guys. Uh, I think Green from the academy trained with the team uh, during preseason. I think he's a midfielder. I know Marcus Simon is a midfielder, maybe not as defensive-minded as Durkin was, but I think. We have some pieces in play that are moving up. Uh, that leads us to like another big piece of news this week is that the U.S. Soccer Federation, is the DA program died. Uh, if you don't know, it was like a, a bunch of youth programs throughout the country. Uh, it looks like uh, literally the same day, MLS announced that they're starting their own academy programs. Uh, so they're stepping in and filling that void. Whether that's a good thing for youth development in the country or not, I, I don't I don't have the experience or the knowledge to, to chime in there, but uh, it looks like MLS will continue to make steps and, and take steps in the youth development. So that's exciting. Uh, and maybe it'll be more, some more Durkins. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it will. Um, you know, it wasn't just the same day. I'm pretty sure it was like 30 minutes later that that announcement was made. So, you know, there was obviously some communication between the two organizations about um, – what was happening in this situation and again the optimistic side of me is going to say that um that was u.s soccer kind of doing what they needed to do for the organization but also knowing that youth development is so important um kind of making sure that they're 
was a fallback for these youth players. Um, I don't know what that's going to mean for, you know, the cities that don't have MLS teams. I don't know what that's going to mean for, you know, female players. Um, I have done no reading on this. I kind of thought about it when I read the article and then I didn't get back to work this week. Um, I don't know if just female players are going to start, you know, being incorporated or they're going to have to look to their teams or, you know, I just don't know. Is this a step towards MLS getting female teams? These are all the things I thought about literally while you're reading that article. Um, but I'd love to do more research about it and I'd just love to see how it all unfolds. So, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I did see, did you all see though, that MLS um, put out those videos, um, those like coaching videos. For, yeah, it was like for players of all ages and skill and they go um, basically from beginner to advanced, they go through, you know, skills that you can practice in 30 seconds to like longer formal formal drills. Um, so I thought that was a really cool, very proactive thing for them to do. Um, for That's them the to reason John's been that. running so much the past few <laughs> days. Thanks. You know, this quarantine time, it's time for his, his pro career to take off. You know, I did see the email that the league sent out about, like, you know, here's some things you could do, you know, to, to train, like, Major League Soccer players. And I was like, you know, maybe I should start doing this because this quarantine life is not helping my health. <laughs> uh, John, I think you should uh, stick to podcasting. I think you're uh, doing all right at that. And, you know, I think my thing with the you know development academy and all the different approaches they try out in youth is you've got to pick something and get with it you know i think ultimately you're going to need to rely on the clubs to get the talent and develop it but you know you have to have support from the you know national federation whether that's you know pumping money into the clubs programs or you know whatever they're doing to grow the game you need to find something to commit to it rather than it feels like we change our model you know, every couple of years. And unfortunately, that's not really long enough to develop a player all the way through to, you know, trying to eventually hit those pro first teams and, uh, you know, living the dream of getting to the Stars and Stripes too, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't know, I think you're right. I think that, you know, US soccer has done a lot of different things. Um, and you kind of saw that, right, in the fact that we haven't made Olympics in, you know, several cycles. Um, you know, we haven't, I don't know, we had this whole, like, lost generation um, that a lot of people are saying is the reason we didn't make the past World Cup. So, um, yeah, you're right. I think it'll be interesting. I hate that, you know, with everything else that's going on, we're just going to have to wait and see with this one. But I think, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see with this one. But hopefully we'll see a lot more um, kids coming out of D.C. Um, and, you know, we'll just have a lot more homegrown talent, whether they're playing for D.C. United or otherwise, that we can all get behind. But, you know, I do think that we need to hop on these um, train like MLS player videos and uh, up our Monday night league <laughs> skills. Uh, I mean, we definitely need a lot of growth there. And, you know, you, you've got to change the model of how MLS does it, too. You know, obviously, we're excited that Loudon has become an option for DC United. And, you know, a lot of MLS teams have those uh, kind of second tier teams as a chance to funnel talent coming up. You know, we've shifted away from the kind of traditional American model of solely on the draft. Uh, but, you know, our, our guest tonight is somebody who was drafted and you know, has had success there. So I guess it's really on the, the teams to focus on their talent acquisition, you know, do the best they can with that and you know, make a success from it. Right. That, that, that was one of the arguments that I heard uh, from this, this new structure is that high school soccer and then, you know, by extension, college soccer might be of more importance if there's less clubs out there with a direct path the pro and you don't want to see that in this country we want more passive pros. we need more soccer players to have better soccer players i think but you know maybe that puts the emphasis back on the college game we can do something better there yeah well it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out and, and hopefully that's something that between major league soccer and, and the u.s soccer federation they can get sorted um here's what we're gonna do we're gonna throw it to break um might be a bit of a longer break we're gonna have to switch over some comms here um and then we will bring on uh, dc united midfielder julian gressel so stick with us here on tried and true the dc united postgame podcast presented by heineken 
everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Walk with Tamala is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu is a simple tomb. We have a mobu brandy. We have a mobu tabusiga. We have a Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Fine. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Testing. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Well, we're back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken, and we are pleased to be joined by Julian Gressel, DC United midfielder. Julian, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, we're super excited uh, to, to have you here, and, and we appreciate you bearing with us as we figure out how to do the show virtually under these crazy times. Um, but, so first thing, how are you holding up uh, with with all the, the COVID-19 quarantine orders right now, especially moving uh to the district just not too long ago yeah we're doing good um me and my family uh, my wife and the dog we're all doing good i'm actually pretty happy that we got the move over with before it all all kind of started um so we basically moved in completely um before the first game actually so um the first few weeks uh of this quarantine stuff were, were nice to set up the place a bit more and un- unbox some boxes um but uh yeah it was it was all right uh, we're doing a, we're doing all right we're trying to cope with it obviously and, 
um, as best as, as as best as we can. And yeah, I don't know. We'll just kind of go day by day here, see how it continues. Yeah, it looks like um, from your social media, you've been trying to take advantage of being outside as much as possible um, and exploring DC. Have you found any kind of favorite parts of DC yet? Um, I mean, we we live uh, in Navy Yard, so we live pretty close. Uh, you know, you walk five minutes to the water and five minutes to the Capitol, so um, it's a nice spot uh, where we we just we like to take the dog out and like to walk. So as weather the weather permitted, we should do that at least for half an hour a day. So we like to have a little. We have a little loop right around the the Capitol, just a little half hour, forty five minute loop. Um, that we like to do and yeah, I mean there's there's some nice spots I've been going on some runs I'm in different directions trying to explore a bit as, as best as I can without getting lost um, and, and still getting my workout in but uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been I, I think we've made the best of it to be honest with you. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, are there any is there anything that you're looking forward to experiencing in DC once these um, restrictions get lifted? I was actually really excited to do um, like all the all the museums at the National Mall, um, which will be right in front of our door here. But uh, I, I've done them once before, and then I was really intrigued. And I, I think I was about like 16 or so, um, and it'd be really nice to go back there and then really explore it again. My wife has never done it, so that was something touristy, I guess, to, to really do. But um, I hope that you know we can still do that later this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we got the chance to talk to Ben Olsen uh, this past week, and he joked about how people are taking some artistic liberty with their their facial hair during the summer. You got a quarantine <laughs> beard going, or? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. My beard isn't really cooperating as as, as, as I wanted to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm letting it grow as of now. We'll see how long my wife will let me keep doing that. Um, but my hair is getting back to those those stages when I was 16, 17, when I had Justin <laughs> Bieber hair. So that I might have to do something about that very soon. But we'll kind of see see how, how much longer this goes on. We we definitely understand the the facial hair struggles. I, I don't think the facial hair game is pretty strong on this show either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I just I just don't really know what to do. It's just I guess who I am. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think obviously we're all excited and looking forward to, to seeing you back out there with the black and red as soon as possible. What are your thoughts on trying to bring the league back without fans? It seems like that may be the reality we're dealing with. Is that, you know, is that going to be a problem for you? Is that, how does that change the experience when you step out in the field from DC United? It changes, you know, it definitely does. But we're, I, I think at this point, honestly, I think even the fans would take games without fans over no games at all. Um, I don't know. I guess that's a question for you guys. But um, I think from, I guess I'm a sports fan. I see myself as a sports fan. I watch a lot of sports, not just soccer. Uh, I just miss it so much, you know, just turn the TV on, turn it to whatever channel it is, and then just just watch sports, you know, no matter if it's a, a really amazing game or not. And to not have that, I think, is a big big loss for all of us um and yeah but we'll kind of see how it continues i think the league is trying to do everything they possibly can to get us back playing to get games back and then as much as they want it with with fans obviously that that's preferred um we want that as well um but ultimately that it's it's their decision and we just we just kind of have to see what they come up with so we'll see what happens and and we're just we're just here to to kind of start playing again i'm 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 over this to be honest with you (laughs) Well, we were right there with you. You know, definitely, you're the deal back out there. Is there anything that the league or the team can do to kind of make it a little bit less weird? You know, we've heard you know, some leagues in Europe are talking about piping and crowd noise or putting pictures of the fans in the stands. Do you think any of that will help, or is it just going to be strange either way? I think that would just, I don't know, I think it would be strange either way. Um, like, you know, there's no fans, and you look up, and there's a bunch of cardboard or, or just some fake fake noise. Like, I'd rather just have the the whole thing just just that be it and then be all right with it. You know, I think that, that that's the best way for us to um, to kind of go through those games if we have to. Um, but like I said, we'll see what happens and we'll hopefully uh, be able to you know produce and, and play good either way. Yeah, you know, we definitely feel your pain without any sports right now. As as a huge sports fan myself, you know, you, you mentioned that that you you know you like a lot of different sports. Are there any leagues or any uh, world football teams that you're a particularly big fan of? I mean, I, you can ask my wife. I I turn on at least one sports. If, if there's a game on TV, I usually have it on. Um, if she doesn't want to watch something else, but um, I I like watching football. 
American football. I watch your basketball. Um, I'm, I'm basically don't discriminate. <laughs> I like, I like watching any type of sport. Um, so it's, it's but I, yeah, basketball and football are probably the two favorite ones. Um, and then golf. I'm a big golfer myself. So, uh, my wife absolutely hates watching golf. So that's not on TV a lot, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we're just trying to trying to cope and trying to get through this time without any live sports. But some of those reruns and some of those those replayed games are, are definitely nice to watch as well. Yeah, I think you had a golf tournament when you were down in Atlanta. Uh, have you had a chance to play golf since you've been up here? I guess actually managed to get out with Steve Steve Birnbaum uh, for one round before whole quarantine happened when we got back from from preseason um during one of the first couple of weeks there we, we played around and uh yeah i've actually gone out since i think the golf course is still open in virginia so i managed to, to get out on one of the nicer days and uh, and just yeah just try and pass the time a bit differently it's, it's nice to i like going golfing because it really gives you a way to, to get away from everything and just not worry about anything for four hours or however long you, you stay out there um so it's, it's really a nice way to kind of get away from reality a bit in that sense yeah you know it's definitely one of those sports that i think we're going to be able to come back to sooner rather than later which which will be exciting you know shifting the conversation a bit julian to you know your career i'm definitely very interested to hear about your experience at providence uh in, in the big east right and, and I'm, I'm very curious you know what made you choose to attend college in the united states and play at the collegiate level uh instead of furthering your your professional career in germany yeah so i was basically at a time in germany where it was it was I had to make a choice um, and I was playing at the highest amateur division um, over there and, and I was finishing high school so um, I wanted to continue studying for myself um, I knew that that was very important to me and my family and it would have been really hard to, to combine both uh, soccer even at the highest amateur division um, and in school at the same time so I looked for ways to kind of make that both work and, and I knew I had a past experience I did an exchange year in the US before so I kind of knew what I would, would get myself into and how it was over here um, so I, I, I thought that it was the best way for me to, to really step out of my comfort zone develop myself uh, get a good education and keep playing at a, at a high enough level to then potentially fulfill my dream of becoming a professional soccer player and um, yeah it worked out as, 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 as I had I dreamed of you know I mean it, it was perfect uh, Providence was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun, and the coaches there, and then the whole team, yeah, the whole school did a great job of kind of preparing me for for what's next. And luckily, then uh, I went on to get drafted. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of you getting drafted and kind of really being set up for success in MLS, you've um, you've really played all over the field. It seems like you can kind of step into um, any position. Do you have any? positions that um you know you enjoy playing during certain games or kind of an overall favorite contribution you get to give in a certain position um not really to be honest i've, I've always said that and i know it always sounds weird but i think the game is is obviously different positions demand different things from you as a player so it's really just a mindset thing of, of okay this game you know i need to be this guy or, or this player or whatever it is um but you know i like playing as a, as a right winger just as much as like I like as a center mid or, or as an attacking center mid or or as a right back like even if that is the case you know I don't really I don't really care um, <laughs> as weird as that sounds um, so wherever Ben thinks uh, I can I can contribute the most to the team and to the game to the game then that's where he's going to put me and I'm fine with that um, I've always I've had I've conveyed that message to him from the very first conversation that we had and I, I think that's that he's, he's gotten to know me as that type of guy as well yeah, we, we've had a couple of type of guys uh, like that on DC United. We're appreciative to have you here now. But it, it kind of brings a different role because you could be in a different position each each week. Uh, how do you keep yourself ready to contribute no matter what your position is? Yeah, I mean, usually we, we prepare ourselves for, for games, right? It's not like I never go blind into a game and be like, oh, I wonder where I play today. Uh, you know, it, it's just more of like on a weekly dialogue basis with the team and then what the coaches see and, and what they have in mind for the next game. 
where they can explain their thinking and I can I can explain my thinking and then you know they ultimately make the decision but um, yeah that's just kind of how it's been over the past past yeah ever, ever since I got here really um, it's it's been a really good process in that sense where it was just an open dialogue and open conversations um, trying to figure different things out and I know that we have like you said a lot of guys that can play in different roles so it, it definitely um, takes a bit of time to, to really find the best structure and, and what works best for the team and for the whole whole squad and how guys complement each other and stuff so um, but again the dialogue has been great the communication with, with the coaching staff and us players has been, has been great and I think we were on a really good track um, to be honest before before this whole quarantine happened you know speaking of the kind of your role in the team and you know meeting the opportunities that are presented to you we've noticed that you've been taking a lot of the free kicks and we've seen your kind of crazy crosses from the sides uh i believe you even uh, assisted on the corner kick that uh russell canal scored against the rapids are we going to see you taking free kicks more in the future uh yeah i mean i i think that's that's the coaching staff's ideas now if i don't uh, don't keep messing up, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, they've told me that from the start. They, I think Wayne was taking them mostly. Wayne Rudy was taking them mostly last year. Um, so they're looking for a new guy to come in. Obviously, we have different guys that can take it um, in certain certain moments. But uh, that was a, a message from the coaching staff that I've gotten from the start that I would be I would be pretty set on taking taking set pieces. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I practice them, you know, with, with their message like that. We practice them and. We go through different things, uh, so it's it's definitely uh, something I don't shy away from, and I'm I'm pretty happy to do. So we're live here with Julian Gressel of DC United uh, here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. If you've got questions for Julian, uh, go ahead and send them in using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. You know, Julian, one of my questions for you here. Uh, you know, you you obviously flew out of the gate in in your uh, MLS career here. Um, and, and we're thrilled to have you now with the, with the black and red just a little bit further north uh, than Atlanta. <laughs> what do your long-term club aspirations look like? I mean, do you, do you hope to return to Europe someday down the road? Are you enjoying life here in MLS and, and just want to win some more silverware here uh, with the black and red? What's it look like for you? I enjoy life here in the U.S. Uh, I've always had and, and uh, I've, I've always yeah had maybe half an eye look over to Europe and especially Germany just because I grew up there and uh, I watched the Bundesliga, you know, every weekend, and and then you imagine yourself playing there, and that that dream never really goes away from you, and it never really never really stops. Um, so yeah, if, if the right opportunity will present itself, I would still be be happy to do that, and, and but it has to be the right thing. And, and at this point, it it has to take something big, I think. <laughs> Where I, do, I obviously just signed a new contract here in the DC, and then I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm excited for this new chapter in my career. Um, 26 uh, so I'm not the youngest anymore where teams in Europe aren't really looking uh, or some teams aren't really looking at that type of player um, especially to the United States unfortunately um, for whatever reason they're more looking at younger players but um, like I said it, it would have to be the right thing for me um, to go back to Europe um, but you know I'm, I'm happy here and I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to stay um, and then fulfill my contract and then we'll kind of see what happens I think we were all kind of geeking out love hearing you talk about how you love being at DC and um, we love having you here and it's, it's great to hear um, that you're kind of here for the long term and kind of speaking of being um, in the US I believe you've mentioned in other interviews um, that you might also be keeping half an eye looking at the um, United States men's national team um, are, you, are you looking at that in the future too? Yeah, I mean it's the same message as what I've been saying. Um, it's just it's just a time matter. Uh, there's nothing really I can do at the moment other than just keep playing my part on the field. Um, I'm you know I'm not I'm eligible to become I think a U.S. citizen in, in two years or something. Um, I don't actually know exactly when that would be, but once that comes closer and, and if that was still a possibility um, for me to step into that role with the national team, that it would be an honor. Um, but uh, we have to get there first. Um, so we'll have to wait and see kind of how the next two years play out and then what position we're in after that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that, that has crossed my mind and that I've obviously thought about because um, I've also gotten asked about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see how it continues and, and see where it goes uh, in a couple of years. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to see you uh, in 2022. I think there's a big tournament going on. Hopefully the U.S. will be in. Uh, 
you know, coming back to DC, we, we have a couple, we have more than a couple. We have quite a few Atlanta United players in the past couple of years. How's it been uh, reuniting with Yamil? It's actually been really good. Uh, Yamil has been a, he was a great guy in Atlanta. Um, and and he's he's still a great guy that he was back then. I think his English got a lot better from back then, back then. So that's that's really nice where I can really speak to him. We speak a lot about guys that he's still in touch with in Atlanta and, and guys that I'm still in touch with there. So it's it's nice. Uh, it's definitely nice to have reconnected with him and, and be on the same team as him now. I obviously know him pretty well as a player because we played together for for a year there. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know, to get on the field with him. I know he. He obviously had a bit of an injury, so it took him a bit to get going. Um, but yeah, once we start back up, um, that's definitely one of the players I look forward to playing together a lot. Yeah, we, we we know you've only been here for just a little bit, really. But are there any players you've connected with in particular? We we heard that you've been keeping uh, Russell's German like up to date, or <laughs> you've been testing them. Yeah, I know that that was one of the first things uh, some teammates said. It's like, oh look, Russ, now you have somebody else to speak German with. Because uh, I guess last year he had Sultan Stieber a bit to speak with, and like Gordon Wilde was here, so um, he needed somebody else. And I guess that's me now. But yeah, Russ, Russ has been a great guy. It's it's funny because uh, in Atlanta, I never really had somebody kind of in the stage of, of, of my career in my life um, that really compared to me where you know I'm married um, no kids yet um, pretty much settled down um, and, and Russ is kind of that type of guy you know he's exactly like us in the same stage of life so it was easy an easy connection I've actually talked to him even before the trade happened a bit through social media so we kind of knew each other in that sense um, so that was easy um, and yeah I mean we've, I've connected with Steve Birnbaum um, I just did the interview with him the other day. Actually, that was that was fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, all the all the guys, to be honest with you, are are, are great guys. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be in that locker room, and it's, it's been nothing but but uh, but a lot of fun uh, to work with them, to to share the field with them, and, and and yeah, try and get better as a team and try and win games. No, it definitely seems like a a pretty tight knit group, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll you guys will all be back together soon to kind of continue to build those relationships. Uh, you know, one one of the things off the field that you kind of mentioned there, um, we were joking earlier this week. I, I think our shows officially made it big uh, now that we have players launching their own podcast just one day before coming on our show. Uh, so, <laughs> congratulations uh, on the Gresham special, and 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 what can you tell us about it? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, it was just an idea that the team had brought, uh, the the club, uh, the social department of the club had brought to the team. And if, if some players were interested in it, and I always like doing that kind of stuff. Um, who knows, maybe that's in my future after my soccer career as well. But um, yeah, I didn't want to pass up on that opportunity to kind of get to know, obviously, my teammates a bit more and then explore a bit more into the fan base and then kind of have the fans get to know me a bit more. I know um, I'm a new player here, so I hope that... Uh, yeah, the fans will get to know me a bit more through this as well, not just the guests that I have on. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm you know excited to kind of speak speak a bit more to some teammates, not just about soccer, but about life and, and different things that happen, uh, maybe on road trips or whatever it is. Um, but then also I'm excited to maybe branch that out a bit and speak to some other guys that I've gotten to know around the league, guys that I've played against in college that are now in MLS, um, maybe some retired players that I've obviously known from my Atlanta time. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of start it and then kind of see where it goes. Yeah, I think you've got uh, at least four listeners here on the show now, so <laughs> look forward to seeing what you come out with in the future. Uh, our last question for you, and that kind of this is a pitch we ask for from all of your fellow teammates. So, uh, asking Griffin Yao how he responded to this question, but in in 30 seconds, can you explain to us why we should buy your jersey? <laughs> Oh man, um, <laughs> like a sales sales pitch. Um, no, I'm I'm buy my jersey or not. I'm you know I, I don't know. I'm, I'm the guy that I am. I'm I'm, I'm the guy that that I'm here right now with you guys on the on the phone. Like I'm not changing. Um, and and I'm I'm excited to be here. Like I said earlier, I'm excited to be a DC United player. I'm also excited to be here long term. I'm not looking to to leave again um, anytime soon. And, and I'm uh, yeah I'm excited to to try and bring the, the great history that this club has, has had um, to bring back uh, into the future, um, you know, and then try and win some silverware and, 
and uh yeah i guess i don't really know if you, you can support you can support some other teammates as well if they they really need to see their names on the back but um of those jerseys in the stands but i know that you hear that, that the fans are here to support all of us and um yeah i'm just uh, just excited to be here as a, as a dc United player no, we lo- we love to hear it, and and I can tell you that uh, one of the four of us, Joshua Morgan, already owns your jersey. I think he bought it the the second the signing was announced. So we're all four of us are are super excited to see you here in the black and red, and we can't wait to see you back on the field. Um, so thanks so much for spending some time on your Saturday night with us, Julian. We really appreciate you being on. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, we're going to throw it to break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about World Cup qualifying changes potentially for the Stars and Stripes, and uh, we'll be right back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. It's tried and true, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken, and we are back after a great conversation with Julian Gressel. It's super cool to have him on the show, and uh, you know, I don't know, guys, he's definitely in in my running for for what name's going to go back uh, on the name on the back of <laughs> the jersey I eventually buy this year. Uh, Joshua, I know you're way ahead of me. Yeah, it, it, it was maybe the day after he was signed. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> But yeah, I assume the club because... shop was closed. You know, by the day it was announced, it was just too late in the day. Or... <laughs> Literally, exactly that. Yes, I, I like this pitch. It's, it's, you know, a little laissez faire. You know, if you want to, go ahead. Or if you want to get someone else, that's fine too. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like, I don't know. I thought it was a really good pitch again. You know, it wasn't buy my jersey because it was a lot about the team and you know, especially as being a new player, he was still able to touch on this team's history um, and kind of the the heartbeat of the team and you know how we play and what this club you know is hoping to do in the future and bringing back all that um glory we had at the very beginning of the season and i thought that in and of itself was a pitch that he's like embraced that so quickly yeah you know, I, I might line up for the the 2022 us Men's jersey if all the all the things go he said two years he might make it. well that's what i was gonna say you know i i and we, we need to talk about you know potentially some of the changes in qualifying but when he said that i messaged you guys on the side and said for probably the only time I'll ever say this, thank God the Cutter World Cup is is in December because that just gives us a little more time to get the green card process. <laughs> <laughs> um, swoop in, man. <laughs> like a month before the tournament, we're like, call them up. He's on the roster. We're just, like it'll it'll be time, and you know, hope to God we qualify. That's a whole other topic. But we'll we'll name just like one player shy in the provisional roster. I'll be like, what is the U.S. doing? And then you know, Gressel just kind of lands. <laughs> 
<laughs> before the opener. Uh, so so it will be interesting to see World Cup qualifying was supposed to begin in earnest uh, around the world uh, very very soon. You know when you when you look at the Concacaf international schedule, uh, they've got Nations League. Uh, playoffs i think that what is it the, the semis and the and the final um we're supposed to be played in june that's probably going to have to get pushed back um and then with with the new format to begin with this year um it's going to be really interesting in concacaf because they basically said you know hey the top six teams based on the fifa rankings go directly to the hex which is laughable at best uh, but yeah. then now they're thinking about making some serious tweaks because the last couple international windows have, have have been postponed, right? And so some of the teams like Canada, for example, that were like really close, you know, they they beat the U.S. not too long ago. Um, they were getting close to, to breaking into that top six, and and now they're out of games. And so they're thinking that potentially that's unfair to some of those teams. So it sounds like all the cards are on the table here, and we we heard potentially as big as like a ten team, what well, wouldn't be a hex, but a ten team kind of round robin thing, similar to what they do in South America. Guys, one, what do we do, and and what do we hope they do? I hope they play all the soccer, because (laughs) that's all we need right now, right? Yeah, it was huge for the Canada. I was watching that because they had those friendlies against us where they pulled off that one win, and then we beat them by a bigger margin. Oh, those were Nations League games, my friend. But they counted for the FIFA rankings, and so Canada dropped down because of those Nation League games, you know, this, this... new tournament they set up so massive competition really, yeah they were really they, but it essentially knocked them out of the world cup qualifying um and so they were counting on these friendlies it'll be interesting to see what happens i want canada make it to make it uh just just for more chaos right because they showed they can beat us maybe they can beat in mexico and that would just be hilarious <laughs> well, and um, i think that you're going to get a, a strange situation anyway because we're all expecting that they're going to expand the field for the 2026 World Cup. So this may be the last time that you have to have a qualifying in the way that we've seen it for the last few decades. So for me, I think I've got mixed feelings as a, a U.S. partisan. I'd love to see us have as straightforward a road as possible, and that's probably just playing your standard hex. And you know, the teams that didn't get in the position, they can complain about the rankings all they want. But I think as a, a soccer purist, I'd like to see as many games as possible, get as many teams involved as possible, and then hopefully your quality rises to the top because Lord knows we need to make the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think, though, like, just like all this league play that we've been talking about, it's really just going to come down to, like, what's realistically possible in the time frames that are given, you know? Um, South America kind of said they wanted to start back up in September, but here in North America, we were like, nope, I really don't think that's realistic, so... You know, you have different parts of the world. I mean, we're all in the same hemisphere, kind of saying completely opposite things. Um, so I don't even know. It's just so hard to speculate. I think anything is really possible, right? I mean, you guys know I'm here for away days, so I'm 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 looking for the scenario that involves Canada making it, Jamaica. I'm interested in going to. I want to go to. I want to go to Mexico away this year. Costa Rica I, I, would be a fun one. Um, there's definitely some countries that I'm you know potentially less interested in going to. So we'll see how this this shakes out and and, and what the options are for the U.S. John's just saving all the money that he would be spending on game days, both in the <laughs> in the stadium and then you know post game he's putting out all that money in the bank and he's just going to be on the road for like four months straight just watching every single soccer game he can i think you know on, on a personal note it definitely drove myself into the ground at the end of the last calendar year and like early january this year with all the travel i promise when this is over i will never again complain about being tired from travel because i would do anything to go on the road <laughs> to watch a soccer game right now yeah hopefully we'll, we'll get a bunch of them today should have been nashville and i know that I don't think anyone in this group was able and even able to go, but it's still heartbreaking looking at it and being like, oh, you should have gone. Sorry, a little. I digress. But <laughs> it, well, One of the things we do need to talk about, though, when we talk about World Cup qualifying is what might that 2022 roster look like uh, for, for the U.S.? I mean, we, we, we joke, but we really hope that Julian Gressel uh, eventually is in play there, but... Major League Soccer put out a, an interesting article about who they thought would be in it, and the roster actually looked kind of fun um there's there's some potential dc united players uh involved obviously paul ariola has been in the picture prior to his knee injury bill hamid was recently uh in camp which is exciting russell canals and then we've talked you know maybe julian gressel so but what does the roster potentially look like in just a couple years 
Man, I, I really hope some of these young guys keep keep breaking through. I'm I, we got to see the Weston McKinney hat trick at Audi Field, and and that was awesome. I, and that, I'm like partial to him now because that's the first hat trick I've seen in a long time. Uh, so yeah, I I hope it's it's Adams. Unfortunately, he was with, you know the other team Energy Drink FC, but I, I hope these guys keep busting forward and, and keep progressing. I want to see an under twenty five squad basically with the Sergeant and. Pomacool and McKinney and Adams and Dest, all those guys and, and Bullsick, I think he'll be over 25 by then, but it, it, it's a young squad and I, I just in two years they could progress so much but they, I mean it could also flatten out in that time, so it, it'll be interesting to see, we, we don't have that veteran core that I feel like we've come to a lot of World Cups with. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, you know, I, I feel like last World Cup round when we were here you know, we all assumed that we'd be going to the World Cup. Um, but I think everybody kind of knew what that roster was going to look like. I think there were, you know, the, the couple question marks of the guys on the fringe, but, you know, the the starting lineup was basically set. But, you know, prior to this all going down, I feel like every couple months it was like a new player was eligible. You know, like we got Dest, he decided to come to the, he decided to commit to the U.S. So I feel like, you know, there's just so much happening with this team right now that's super exciting. and. You're right. You know, there are so many young guys to look forward to. I was um, looking at some of the roster predictions, and it was shocking to me that Jordan Morris is 28 now. You know, I still think of him as, like, the young kid who is going to break through and, you know, really make it in this team. Um, but he's so much older than you know, I had realized. He's not kind of that young guy anymore. Um, so it's really it's really fun to watch everything happen. I, th- I think that was the, pro- like, their, their Oh, it's projected age, of, you're right. So you're he right. will be 28, which I guess would make him one of the older guys, but I feel like I haven't even seen J-Mo with the team, really. I- I'm kind of dying to see the U.S. men's half team go head-to-head. We had that stretch where we played the Netherlands, and I know we were supposed to, but it was canceled because of the COVID-19. But I- I've seen this team beat Canada and Jamaica in the past few months. I want to see them knock off some of these big guys and see these young guys perform at a high level. I mean, they did perform at a high level prior to the World Cup, you know, when we played that friendly against France. That was an amazing game. Young, Our young players, you know, really stepped up and um, did good things during that game. And, you know, France went on to win the World Cup. You know, obviously you could argue that it was, you know, their friendly leading up to the World Cup. So, you know, we were playing a bunch of kids. How friendly were they initially? or how seriously were they initially playing that game. But as that game went on, you could tell they were getting frustrated that a couple, like, 20-something-year-old kids were really putting the pressure on. So you're right, it will be really fun to see us play really significant games soon. Yeah, and it's it's really uh, tough. Agree, Go ahead, Black. No, I was going to say, I, I agree that I think you're definitely going to see a youth movement. And, you know, I think a lot of people kind of tuned out on the national team after the debacle in Trinidad. And, you know, as we come into another qualifying cycle and then hopefully playing games in another World Cup, the roster is going to look significantly different. And I know we want results from every Cup, but I think all of us have to have our eyes on that longer term. You know, 2026, when the U.S. is going to be hosting, that's really when we're going to have to put up a, a huge performance. Obviously, it's unacceptable for us not to qualify for the World Cup. But, uh, wow, I, I'm, just, I'm already excited about that month or so uh, come 2026. No, that's going to be incredible. And and one of the things that, you know, I totally agree. I think that's one of the most exciting parts about building this youth core right now. We should have actually been just wrapping up a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, Olympic qualifying uh, for, for CONCACAF. And it was going to be a lot of fun to see how that team did. I, I don't know that they were projected to make it. I think they were they were going to have a tough road. But, you know, those are the folks that you expect to see kind of in the core uh, in 2022. And then those are the guys who were like, you know, really no kidding going to be the leaders on this team uh in that 2026 time frame when yeah i mean i think regardless of how much leave i have left i'm taking that entire world (laughs) cup off to just like go watch soccer um but you know looking at some of the projections for the roster in 2022 i think the 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 old guys if you will the the um, veterans who will be on this team you look at a guy like a michael bradley and a josie altador they might still be clinging around and they they could be in that category of you're bringing these guys for wow. that for that leadership and, and not necessarily Please playing stop. as much i think it's those two players are so interesting because they're just within the fan base like people feel so strongly about them right and perhaps rightfully so because you're right they're they're so much older but you know you have that solid group that's like show me someone who 
is better than Michael Bradley in the middle of the field. Show me someone who can score the way Josie can. And, you know, the last time we were in the World Cup, like, no one will ever tell me that Josie going down with that hamstring injury didn't change the entire trajectory of how our team plays. So, you know, there's something to be said that he brings something, like, special to the team. But also, I mean, you're right. Are we just aging out of those players? And do we need to adapt and start playing a different way? No. Stop. We, we can't, we cannot be relying on Michael Bradley or Josie Alcador in 2022. Josie Alcador hasn't played a full season, I'm pretty sure, since that World and Cup. And Toronto still relies on him, and, like, he's profit in that. Michael, uh, listen, I'm not in their camp. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate right now. Michael Bradley is, like, pure low at NYCFC. Like, he's, like, barely even trying. He just sits back in front of the back line and sprays passes, but he's not playing as a midfielder. Well, I, just remember, I, he... I, he might not be starting in, in the 2022 World Cup, but but could he make the roster and, and be there for that veteran I'd rather have a Julian presence. Green type player take his spot. Yeah. Pull a, pull a, a, a Donovan on him and, and sub him for the new. I was just about to say, I am not one of those people who thinks that it's worth like risking a roster, roster spot just to like bring in that quote-unquote experience. I understand that experience is like super important but there are other people who can contribute that in other ways and like i was not sad at all when they did not make that roster because realistically he was not playing a whole bunch and there were other players on that team that contributed what everyone thought he could contribute yep come at me black come at me with that comment i mean julian scored so she's right right yeah i am right actually (laughs) (laughs) he scored with like one of his first touches ever in world cup i think he scored the the most recent u.s uh men's world cup goal (laughs) At the time, more than Rooney, right? So, <laughs> I, I, you cannot tell me that there was not one other person on the roster they could have dropped to bring in Landon for that team. I think that was a travesty, and it's something that you, was the beginning of the end for the Jurgen Klinsmann era. I don't disagree with that necessarily, but I mean, along those lines, then does Michael Bradley need to be on the 2022 roster? I, oh, I think you got to look at the midfield. I mean, he just made that argument for Landon Donovan, right? Now he's saying that the same doesn't apply to Michael Bradley. Why? Because Michael Bradley didn't score the flashy goals in the big moments. He did more of the defensive work. So, you know, fans don't have that, like, hero worship opinion about him. I do remember an awesome Bradley goal away to Mexico in the last text. I'm just saying that it feels a lot like this, the same argument for just different types of players, really. Hopefully, hopefully we have all the prospects in 2022. We have all the momentum, and it doesn't. It's not even close. Like McKinney's playing out of the world, so it doesn't matter who's that. Maybe maybe Chris Durkin beats out Michael Bradley for the roster spot. Yes, I'm here for that. Yeah, for the record, Sam is not Team Michael Bradley. (laughs) Just saying. Twitter poll of me. No. We got to start pulling together all of the things that hashtag Team Sam is for, and then we'll do a we'll do a poll at the end of the season and see what the see, see what the what your party platform is. Sure, fine, as long as this is not one of them. <laughs> well, one really this exciting is thing. Well, one really exciting thing that we do have to look forward to, um, including the NFL draft, but that's a different show. Um, starting okay. tomorrow, uh, the EMLS tournament special kicks off uh, on FS1 Sundays at 7 p.m. So really excited to see how this plays out and, and something for us to actually bring back a post-game show. Uh, so next Sunday uh, is, is week two of the tournament, uh, but it's DC United's entry, and they'll be playing against the New England Revolution. Uh, it, the, the format of this, to me, is fascinating. Uh, it's a two-legged fixture where the MLS players face off and then the EMLS players on each team face off. They take aggregate scoring and, and the winner moves on. And so uh, next Sunday we'll be doing a show instead of our usual Saturday slot during the hiatus. Uh, and and we'll be going. We'll be coming at you post game uh, after DC United take on the New England Revolution, guys. I've only watched a little bit of FIFA, and most of the time it's been when I lost and handed the controller off to someone else. So, like, what should I be expecting <laughs> when really good people, or potentially in in the MLS players, maybe not really good people? What is this going to be like? Well, before Joshua jumps in, I just think the player selection is interesting. It's Paul and Mo, right? And just from what we've heard from uh, Griffin, and then. You know, um, what we heard from Fisher, um, I don't know. That's just an interesting pick for me. But I think Joshua is definitely the most well-versed in FIFA 2020. So let's just let him run with this segment and we can <laughs> call it a day. I, I, won't, I won't take over it that much. But I did watch this weekend, and I made Sam watch it too. 
Brent Alexander on Oak played Vinicius Jr. on like FS2, and I, I stayed in. It was fascinating. They were both like pretty decent. I, I don't know if fault like 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 you said, John. We we talked to players and we talked to Paul. Paul didn't mention FIFA at all, and none of the players have mentioned Paul playing FIFA. So Mo might have his work cut out for him, but I'm excited. I'll tune in regardless. If you think Paul's not practicing right now, you're a fool. Like he's gonna come out and be like the best player in the whole tournament. You know, for me, I'm just interested to see how Paul sets it up. Is he going to put himself at the, uh, you're playing the number 10? Is he on the wing? Yeah. yeah. I think you can get some insight into you know, how they view the team. That could know. be very telling. You're right. <laughs> and it's Diego Fagundes and a player whose gamer tag is JKO uh, for the New England Revolution this weekend. JKO. Interesting. We're going to have to do some research for that one. Um, but yeah, we were kind of all talking about you know how nerdy it is that we're very very excited to do a post-game show again um about an e-sport you know <laughs> we're super excited to be live after all dc united matches and that we quickly had to pivot but getting back to our roots is uh super exciting but we we're kind of joking around like you know do you do you talk about like the, the game strategy that they're going to employ or do you talk about like the gamer strategy because i feel like those might be two different things like how, how do you and all of it. The answer is, is all of it. I, I want to see if Paul plays himself, because in FIFA he's a cam because he's played it before, and also a right mid. So let's we'll see if he puts himself in that middle spot to get more more of himself on the ball. And then I think he could beat Fagundes because, I mean, Fagundes has been off and on in his MLS career. Uh, who's to say he's not going to be the same in his FIFA career? But uh, Maybe uh, Benny calls him up and he tells him what lineup to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Consult Ben Olsen for tactical support. I, and I know that you know, we're real proud of DC United's history, but I would love to see you know an EMLS trophy going into that uh, trophy <laughs> right next to the armadillo. Oh, I love it. On top of the <laughs> I wonder if they'll put a fifth star on and just put like an E on it on the jersey, or at least in the game. Maybe it, it'll be fascinating. You know, one of the things you mentioned there, Black, was what does Paul do with himself? And it, it's funny, of course the English are doing something very similar to this. Um, I think it's called the uh, football staying home cup because, you know, they're still on the football's coming home kick. Uh, and I, I did see a, a viral video. James Madison from Leicester city scored with himself, uh, which was pretty, it's pretty cool to see the players score with themselves. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that's something Paul can pull off. Yeah. I think interesting is exactly the word for it. And, you know, it'll be super interesting. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're gonna try to come at you post game for all all of them. We haven't really talked about that as a group, but you know, I'm just so excited for them back. I'm like confident enough to say it live that I'm very excited to do this. Yeah, tomorrow night uh, is week one of the EMLS tournament uh, on FS1 at 7 p.m. and that does involve uh, Joshua's favoritely named. MLS Derby, El Trafico Virtual, uh, Adama Diomande and Chicharito teeing off against one another uh, for the LA FC and LA Galaxy. So it, 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 this is going to be very interesting, but guys, it's something to look forward to in the world of soccer, uh, so I can't wait. Same. Yeah, completely agree. We're going to have to do some scouting and uh, see how it goes. Yeah, so next week's show, um, that will be coming to you on Sunday, April 26th, uh, following the EMLS tournament, which hopefully is a couple big wins for the black and red. Uh, they can, they can, do they carry momentum over from before the break? I don't think it works like that. Anyways. It definitely works like that. Whatever, whatever we need to win, I think is how it works. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be exciting, but uh, thank you guys so much uh, for, for joining us this week and interacting um, well, with the show. Uh, we will talk at you really, really soon. Uh, so stay safe. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week, like right here on tried and true, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Stop! The coronavirus is sweeping over mankind. Everybody must be alert. It's a global pandemic we can never take for granted. Take for granted. This 
show you regularly. Wash your hands. Keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Woke with is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu is a simple tomb. Take for 